0: If this becomes a habitual practice for you, where when you mess up, when you fail, when you sin, you immediately come to God, confess that you did it, ask him to cleanse your heart and mind from it with the blood of Jesus, and then actively do things differently, then he says that you will be walking with a pure heart and you will see God, and you will begin perceiving his work in your life and in the world, And you will begin to discern his will for you. Jesus himself has commanded peace to be our norm peace, no hostility, no inequality. No barriers or separations or segregations. Nothing is supposed to be allowed to stand in this spiritual family that promotes those separations, that supports those segregations, or reinforces them. And that needs to extend into every area of our lives, where if we see our brothers and sisters being stolen from, cut off, not being given access to the terms of God's unity and family, then we will look for ways to declare boldly and act on their behalf to bring wholeness and unity and equality of position. These are true workers of peace, and these are the children of God. Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church podcast, Virtual Sanctuary. Be strengthened today with the truth of God's love so that you can say to your families, your friends, your co-workers, and your social media worlds, I will be your church. Your host for today's episode is Joanna Church. All this month we are learning from the teachings and miracles of Jesus. And we are starting with what is commonly referred to as the teachings of the Beatitudes. Now, that word just means supreme blessings. So because Jesus is listing some attributes that if we are living in these attitudes and attributes, he says we will be blessed by God, these teachings were given the name the Beatitudes. I don't know about anyone else, but if Jesus himself is saying that these attitudes and spiritual attributes will bring the blessing of God on my life and on my relationships with people, then I want to know what they are, and I want to learn about them and start applying them to my life. So that is what we are doing all this week. Let's jump in with two of them today. Jesus said, God blesses those whose hearts are pure and clean, and free from contaminations, for they will see, perceive, and discern God. Then he said, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. All right. Blessed are the pure in heart, the clean in heart, for they shall see, perceive, and discern God. Do you want to see God in your life? Do you want to be someone who is able to perceive him and discern his will and his workings in both the spiritual and physical dimensions? Do you want to have eyes that see God in the people around you and in your own life? Simple, right? Jesus says all you need is a pure heart that is clean and free from contaminations. Hmm. Okay, let's just get totally honest here. I wake up every morning with the best intentions to walk in purity of heart, free from any contaminations of jealousy, greed, lust, gluttony, laziness, gossip, unbelief. But it only takes one frustrating interaction with my husband, one minute of watching the news, one conversation with a disgruntled coworker, one nasty social media post, And my best intentions when I got out of bed in the morning are momentarily forgotten, and my clean, pure heart feels contaminated. Now, come on, I know I can't be the only one. But Jesus wouldn't have told us to be something that isn't possible for us to be, pure and clean of heart. So what do we do when we want to see God in our lives and in our world, We want to perceive him around us and discern his will, but we keep finding our hearts contaminated by the nastiness in the world around us, and even in our own minds and flesh. The Apostle John, one of Jesus' 12 disciples, gives us the answer. So let's check it out. John chapter 1. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is Light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but we go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth if we do this. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, well, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us. From all sin and contamination. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness and impurity. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Well, here you go. This is the blueprint for continually walking in a pure heart towards God and towards others so that we can see God, perceive him, and discern his will for our lives. First, we have to stop living in spiritual darkness. When we believe in Jesus and make him the Lord of our lives, the Bible says we get transferred out of the kingdom of darkness, so the world's way of doing things, and we are transferred into the kingdom of light, his kingdom. So start off by turn to Jesus. If you haven't already, turn to Jesus and ask him to bring you out of the kingdom of darkness and into his kingdom of light. Then it says that when we are living in his light, the blood of Jesus actually cleanses us from all sin, from all impurity. So all those contaminations that come into our hearts and our minds and keep our hearts from being pure, he says that his blood will cleanse you from all of those things. Then he says, If you're walking around saying that you have no sin, that you never do anything wrong, think anything wrong, say anything wrong, and believe it or not, there are people who will tell you, I've never sinned, I don't sin, I don't do these things. But (laughs) John here says, if you say that, you're fooling yourself and you aren't living in the truth. As a matter of fact, John says here that if you say that you don't ever sin, you're calling God a liar. Well, I don't want to call the Almighty God a liar. So first thing we need to do is fess up, like I just did a few minutes ago, and admit to God and to the people around us, I failed, I sinned. I know there are a lot of people who believe you have to confess your sins to a pastor or a priest to be cleansed and forgiven of your sins, but the Bible doesn't actually say that. The Bible says to confess your sins to God and to each other. And then he is faithful to cleanse us from all sins by the blood of Jesus. No Hail Marys or penance needed. Confess them, be cleansed, and then repent, which just means go out and do things differently. If this becomes a habitual practice for you, where when you mess up, when you fail, when you sin, you immediately come to God, confess that you did it, ask him to cleanse your heart and mind from it with the blood of Jesus, and then actively do things differently, then he says that you will be walking with a pure heart and you will see God, and you will begin perceiving his work in your life and in the world and you will begin to discern his will for you. All right, next one. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Let's get into this one. If you call yourself a child of God, if you have been born into the family of God by believing in Jesus, if you want to be a child of God, then you should always, continually, in every aspect of your life, your relationships, your workplace, your community, your nation, and this world, be working towards and operating in and spreading peace. Now, peace is sort of an elusive term, which, depending on your political, cultural, or religious biases, you can have a very different interpretation of this word. But let's look at what the word peacemakers or workers of peace means in the original Greek. A peacemaker or a worker of peace is someone who bravely declares God's terms, which makes someone whole. W-H-O-L-E, whole. Peace brings wholeness. So when we are talking about being people who bring peace and who work for peace in our lives and in the lives of the people around us, we are to be declaring God's terms, which bring wholeness in our lives and their lives, where nothing is missing, nothing is broken in our lives or in our loved one's lives. That is true peace. Peace is wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. And that's based on God's terms. All right, well, let's start with what are God's terms? We have to know what they are if we are going to bravely declare them to people. Well, let's see in Ephesians chapter two, what God's terms are. Don't forget that you Gentiles or you unbelievers used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you unbelievers, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises that God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now— You have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of the Anointed One. For the Anointed One Jesus Himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles, believers and unbelievers, into one people. One people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of laws with its commandments and its regulations that we couldn't keep. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles, believers and unbelievers, by creating in himself one new people from these two groups. Together as one body, the anointed one, Jesus reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death on that cross as well. He brought this good news of peace to you unbelievers who were far away from him, And he brought peace to the Jews, the believers who were near to him. Now all of us, every one of us can come to the Father, Almighty God, through the same Holy Spirit because of what the Anointed One Jesus has done for us. So now you Gentiles, you unbelievers, You don't have to be strangers and foreigners anymore. You get to be citizens along with all of God's holy people. You get to be members of God's family. And together, when we all come together as God's family, we are his house. Being built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone of this house is the anointed one, Jesus himself and we are carefully being joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you unbelievers get to also be made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. If you are an unbeliever, become a believer so that through Jesus, you can be made part of this dwelling place where God lives inside of you by his spirit. Then in Galatians chapter 3, Paul says, For you are all children of God through faith in the anointed one Jesus, and all who have been united with the anointed one in baptism have put on the anointed one, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, believer, unbeliever, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in the anointed one, Jesus. I honestly don't know how I can add to this. If you are a child of God or you want to be a child of God, then your life should be devoted to showing the people around you that in the anointed one, Jesus, you can be brought into the family of God. You can become a dwelling place of the spirit of God himself, full of God. And in Jesus, there is no denomination that is better than another one. In Jesus, there is no believer that is better than another one. There is no ethnicity that is better than another. There is no skin color that is better than another. There is no gender that is better than another. There is no economic status that is better than another. Jesus himself has commanded peace to be our norm. Peace. No hostility No inequality, no barriers or separations or segregations. Nothing is supposed to be allowed to stand in this spiritual family that promotes those separations, that supports those segregations or reinforces them. And that needs to extend into every area of our lives, where if we see our brothers and sisters being stolen from, cut off not being given access to the terms of God's unity and family so that they cannot live whole lives with nothing missing and nothing broken, then we will look for ways to declare boldly and act on their behalf to bring wholeness and unity and equality of position. These are true workers of peace and these are the children of God. And this will bring you into a position of blessing as you work to help position others into this blessing as well. So today I challenge everyone listening, walk in continual confession and repentance before God so that your heart will always be cleansed and purified. And then watch as God blesses your life by revealing his presence and purpose to you and then look for ways to boldly declare God's terms of peace in this world through Jesus, as you work to bring equality to all of your brothers and sisters in Him. Now go, be this church to your world. If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, Please subscribe so you never miss a day, and then share it with your friends. Check out our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com, to learn more about us, check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become part of this church family movement.